And so I'm going to say this again. The Chicago Bears are much better off right now than they were a year ago. And I know a lot of haters will be like, hey, shit, you're the worst team. Like, we, 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 we're not the worst team in the league. We had the worst record in the NFL. Definitely not the worst team in the league. But if you went out there and saw what Ryan Poles has done, what he was able to do with the number one overall selection, the amount of draft capital and the players he acquired for the number one overall pick. For everybody who is saying, and I remember some of one of the Packers guys going, oh, watch the Bears stick at number one and end up with Will Anderson. Uh, that clearly did not happen. The Bears are much more dynamic. They're set up. They're ready to go. There's a lot of reasons for optimism. And so I think that the Chicago Bears are going to be a lot better this season. Probably going to surprise a lot of people. But listen, it's time to get after it. And Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen, there goes Fields, touchdown! The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other, it's gonna be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. The NFL draft is behind, as you might have heard, and now it's time to take a look at what the Bears will be look uh, be working with in, for the upcoming 2023 season. And helping us do that this evening is going to be Draft Dr. Phil of the Tape Never Lies Network. He'll be joining us here in a matter of moments. We will not be joined uh, by our very own Carmen Vitale, who is called in sick this evening. She had some, uh, you know she was at Dallas Hall. Somebody got her sick. I'm, I'm assuming it was Kevin Fishbane. Uh, no, listen. She didn't say who it was, but listen, she will not be joining us here. But that's okay. So we got Draft Dr. Phil, and we got a lot of cool things happening right now. A lot of great things happening with the Chicago Bears. I mean, as you heard me say at the top of the show, this team is much better off. I really do believe in what Ryan Poles is doing and what he is trying to accomplish. And I know that there are some people who will nitpick the draft. Overall, I think they did a very good job. We've seen a lot of draft grades come out, A's, B's, things of that nature. So a lot of positivity surrounding the Chicago Bears right now. So let's dive into it. And joining it, joining us this evening is my brother, my good friend. You know what? We've, uh, over the last couple of years, we've forged quite the friendship and I've enjoyed my time going on the Tape Never Lies Network and we are pleased to have him on tonight. So please welcome back to the show, our friend, Draft Dr. Phil. Phil, no how are you living? How are you living? I'm living the tired life. Over 40-something hours of draft coverage. And then yesterday, breaking down the Darnell Wright, our first-round pick, with uh, former Bears quarterback Eric Kramer and my dad. And we had a blast doing it, you know. I, so I'm just recovering, Adam. Just like yeah. you said, I agree with you. A hundred percent. And I think I think that fans need to understand that the Bears are better today than they were at any point last year or the year before that. That's the key right now. That's the key. Where are you going to be and how are you going to get there? Well, I wanted to know who Ryan Poles was. Mm -hmm. And I was there on our network and every one of our analysts on our network 
did not fall in line with this narrative nationally about Peter Skaronsky being right. the cleanest player in the draft. The oh, best. I didn't. I didn't fall for it on Total Access. I was imploring people. I told Charles Davis, "Thank to you. Stop. Stop Thank saying you. that the Bears were going to draft a guard because exactly. it was not going to happen. Exactly. We got two good ones." We've got really two really good ones. Our best offensive lineman last year was a guard. Exactly. We have we'll two signed one in Davis. My father can't get more excited about a guard than Nate Davis. And I mean, I'm serious. The way he talks about Nate Davis, and we've broken him down. So I'm with you 100%. Our network stood, and I stood by my truths. Mm. Eric Kramer, myself, Cars. And Shane all mocked Darnell Wright prior to the draft. That's the guy we wanted. That was the guy was that, that was that over Paris Johnson Jr. That was over Paris Johnson Jr. That was over the and this is I had Broderick Jones, my number one tackle in the draft, Darnell Wright number two. Then Paris was right there, like a two B. Uh I just can't say enough great things about Darnell Wright. I mean. Watching his tape, I mean, we've watched every game now of him uh, last season. Mm. And you should have heard my father and, and former Bears quarterback, Eric Kramer, cracking up laughing at the things that he's doing. For a big man, Adam, to be able to control and move people. I mean, everybody talks about the Alabama game, no doubt. You know, the best versus the best. Will Anderson yeah. was the best player in this freaking draft. Anybody can – come at me and show me tape otherwise i'll just destroy these narratives it's a bunch of crap guess what houston thought the same thing yeah and they wrapped a lot just like to jump back up there and get their quarterback and their defensive end so adam the bears have a guy that's able to handle somebody on the edge, and every player that he went against, whether it be Kentucky, Florida, any Alabama, any team that in the minors of the NFL, the SEC, <laughs> he handled yeah. them. Yeah. He handled them as Eric Kramer. I'm stealing from him. Yeah, a lot of offensive tackle have pancakes in the run game. Here's a guy that has eight or nine just in a three games that we went – four games, rather – eight or nine in pass pro he's taking <laughs> people and dro dropping them i mean that's the kind of tone you want to set finally as big steve edwards said former bear as well who loves you by the way said listen it's too long since jimbo covert have the bears drafted an offensive tackle and made him their pillar piece yeah. they have that now bears fans trust me when i tell you they have a pillar piece on the right side. Brax, this guy could play left in a pinch. His feet are so good and he's so athletic, but I know they're going to put him on the right side because I believe Poles loves Braxton and Braxton's working with my buddy Olin Krutz, working on his power punch and holding up and not getting mauled in, when people are ramming him. So he's he's got to you know bulk up and body up that strength, and I'm sure he's doing that, but – I just can't be more. I mean, I was so excited that they took Darnell Wright because I was sitting yeah. there. The Jalen Carter crap. Like, if a guy, you have to question Adam. Let's talk. Let me let me ask you about that because on this show, 
Yes. For the last couple of months, Carmen and I both said this, and I this is this was my truth about Jalen Carter. Is like I never bothered to look at Jalen Carter because number one, the Seahawks and the Lions are going to do so much due diligence on this player. Dan Campbell was very telling at the NFL owners meeting. He's like, hey, you know what? I want to meet him. I want to know about him. I want to find out what kind of person he is. I want to find out why he was taking plays off. Was he coached to do that? Was And he was, he was very, very telling. And I'm like, if Dan Campbell does this research as well as Pete Carroll, and we know that he came in multiple times to meet with the Bears brass as well. If those two teams pass, I'm out. I'm right. just out. And I'm, I'm assuming Ryan Poles felt the same way not even on the draft board. I, I think it's a non-issue. And, it, you know, people people want to drag the Bears for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And this will be something that happens. I will tell you that even if he went to the Bears, there's no guarantee that it would have worked out. Regardless of what happens in Philadelphia, they might find a way to reach him. I don't think it was going to happen in Chicago. I could do a whole thesis on this. But I speak from a place of coaching, scouting, and understanding as a teacher, if you don't love the game of football or you you aren't you're that uber talented and you have to be motivated, what's gonna happen when you have money? You got paid now. Are you gonna work that much harder if you don't love the game? And let me just tell you, when we did our film study way back, he was the first guy we did. Because we knew Eberflus and Poles went out there after Obi-Wan Genobi and tried to sign him and the importance of the three tech. So yep. let's look at the Jalen Wright, um, Jalen Carter tape. And when we put it on there, Adam, there was a lot mm-hmm. of red flags in regards to what he was he was doing in the game. I'm just seeing one flash play, six plays off. I mean, if you're yeah. doing that in college. I did not see the hype on it. He was just too lackadaisical. He reminded me of Charles Leno on on defense. You got a lot (laughs) of talent, but you lack effort. When you lack effort, you can't play. It doesn't coincide with what it is philosophically that you and I know that Eberflus is preaching. So how are you going to handle the locker room? Oh, we just signed this guy. He's our first-round pick, but he – doesn't work like everybody else does, but he's yeah. living off of his talent. You know, people say a lot of things about Lawrence Taylor, Warren Sapp, and so and some other players that had these red flags about them, right? But I never had to question whether or not Lawrence Taylor or Warren Sapp loved the game of football. I mean, that's true. That's the truth. It's that's very much. It's reminiscent to me of Jadavian Clowney, who made such great headway with one play against Michigan, like got himself drafted on one play against Michigan. And it's been a headache and these teams will not let go of it. You know, once you see that once and everybody buys into it, there's a reason why he continues to get jobs and people harken back to one play against Michigan. And I I felt like with Jalen Carter, there was going to end up being an issue. And if Philadelphia can do it. I want to say one thing about Jalen Carter. It's the best place that he could have. Like, if he was a bear, we'd be cheering and hoping for him, but I'd be sitting yeah. there praying for him, right? Yeah. Like, please get it. Please work hard. I don't want to live that life. You, Darnell Wright, you don't have nothing to worry about. That kid's going to go in there, day one starter, work his tail off, and be 
a bully. He's a bully. He's a mm-hmm. bully out there. And it's amazing to see that side. It's, it's like Trent Williams in San Francisco. Yes. That kind of burly guy that's going to – you're good. Jalen Carter went to a team, as Shane on my network has said, you got veterans there that know it. Cox, Graham, they're a winning culture. So yeah, he can go in there and maybe by his peers, the peer pressure will get him in line and he'll and all these Georgia Bulldogs on top of it. I mean, yeah, how he knows what he's doing. Maybe you now strike lightning in a bottle with him. But here in Chicago, well, who's who's the leader? showing him how to work hard and practice. There's no more Khalil Mack. There's no Robert Quinn. There's none of that. This is a young team being built in a different way than we've seen. And Jalen Carter on our network was a (laughs) 0.0 every time. You just couldn't do it. Yeah, you just couldn't take the risk. I I don't want to be that person that's just praying, like, he's going to show up. Like, I don't know. It's like having a uh, youth soccer team and you're just sitting there waiting for people to show up. Like, I don't know. Intramurals. It was like, why well, intramurals at Cal State Fullerton? We'd always have these guys who were like Cal State Fullerton, like Cal State Fullerton recruits who didn't end up making the team. Now they're just hanging out, going to school. They're excellent. They're talented players. But every day or every game, we had an intramural game. We're like, I hope he shows up. And you never did. It was a wild card. They could be at the pub. Uh, go, getting after it, doing whatever on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, but you know what? We don't have to worry about that. Uh, let's take a look real quick over at yeah. the uh, the entire Bears draft class. We'll start going through it. Well, yeah. uh, obviously, we talked about Darnell Wright. I will point this out, too. As I was doing my mock draft, you know, I was seeking counsel with Brian Baldinger. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, who who stands out to you? And he goes, I love Darnell Wright. Like, I'm like not even like this was before the draft. Yep. This was in early April. He was like, I love Darnell Wright. He might be my favorite offensive lineman in this draft. So he was very effusive in praise over Darnell Wright. So I was tickled when the Bears started getting, like we started getting mocked him. And they're like, okay, like this looked like it could be uh, something to happen. Of course, then we go uh, Jervon Dexter, Tyreek Stevenson, Zach Pickens, Mm -hmm. and then Rashawn Johnson uh, is going to be very interesting. Tyler Scott, I already went out there and bought his jersey. Okay, don't want to see. You don't want to see the back. Don't ask to see the back. Everybody knows whose name's on the back. It's okay. Tyler Scott, though, he follows me, but like he follows me on Twitter now. So now we're Is best that a friends. Rick Meyer jersey. How or? dare you? Come on. <laughs> Noah Sewell, uh, who, just, Noah who Sewell. Just, just turned 21, by the way. The youngest, one of the youngest players in the draft, Terrell Smith, Travis Bell, and of course, Kendall Williamson. We'll start going through these a little bit. We talked yeah. at great length about Darnell Wright. Yeah. I want to talk about the defensive tackles, but first, Go I want ahead. to get this point out there about Tyreek Stevenson. And somebody on Twitter goes like, oh, what's he going to do, play nickel? You're like, first of all, a nickel cornerback is very important. 85% it's very important. of the time, teams are in nickel. So that like, Twitter that is, that's That's a very important piece. <laughs> yeah, but we also yeah. saw last year uh, that Kyler Gordon played a lot of nickel. Like our, our nickel corner is locked up. Now we got another big-bodied guy to put across from J.J. You know what? I really love this move. I think that we had been talking about, you know, we had thought, or at least me, that Christian Gonzalez or one of those players 
could have been a, a an option for us at number nine had we stayed there, had the, had the draft board fallen a certain way. When I look at Stevenson, the only thing that I'm really rooting for is that he's better than Joey Porter Jr. Because then we never have to hear about you guys traded this pick. Like that is now that is now what's on the table. If Stevenson is better than Joey Porter Jr., it doesn't matter what happens with Chase Claypool. We ended up with a better player. But what did you see with Stevenson? I know that, you know, I saw a couple of us. I saw a limited tape of him over at the U. What did you guys see with him? What do you think of that pick? Stevenson to me is a guy that's going to be every Bears fan's favorite at some point. Ooh. Because here's the situation with Stevenson. Here's a guy that played the star position in Georgia's defense. And what that is, is sometimes he's a weak side linebacker. Sometimes he's a nickel corner. Sometimes he's the strong safety sitting in the box. So every time this guy was the edge defender, force player, or or manned up and nickel, he had to do it all. So when you looked at his tape from Georgia, the physicality is there. So you're getting a corner that's a willing, strong tackler that understands angles when it comes to the alley or the edge. And, and a lot of young corners come into the league and the speed of the game and how wide receivers approach them to stalk block them is is difficult at first. They have to get used to it. This guy's been prepared because he's actually playing a will linebacker at some point. So he's able to read offensive linemen and the way they move and block, and he gets to where he's supposed to go, and he's not afraid. Now you you jump to the Miami tape where now he's playing a more traditional outside corner, sometimes showing up in the nickel. But his size and his physicality to me – Obviously, Ryan Poles and company love the fact of his versatility, his athleticism. But the best thing about this kid is his physicality in tackling. So give me a corner that, yes, can backpedal. And the Bears play a lot of zone, but it seems like they want to press a lot, too. So if you've got a guy that has that versatility and then the trump card is the willingness, not just the ability it's more of a willing and a want to tackle it's a, this yeah. is a physical competent football player this isn't deon sanders hoping someone else comes up to make the tackle this is a guy that's going to go put his face in someone's chest and set the tone and when you get those tone setters we talked about it on our channel the bears lack dogs we have a new acronym a pimp a guy that's in the moment that makes those plays. This guy is what you're getting here, and I, I'm excited about it. He's one of my favorite picks that the the this this franchise and Ryan Poles identified. I really hope so. You know what? I, again, excited for that pick. I thought it was a neat position. I love to see the versatility. That's exactly what we want. And, you know, the NFL, especially on the defensive side of the football, we're getting closer and closer to, to – positionless football and we need people out there who can do a multitude of things. And I think that's what they looked at with the Chicago bears, with the, you know, with the cornerback position, especially in the secondary. And you're looking for a player who's like going to be very willing to go out there and get his, get his, get his uniform dirty and go out there. But I love, well, I'm sorry. The other thing is, you know, it seemed just listening to Ryan Poles, that they want to put and they should want 
to put your young players in that position to their best attributes. So Kyler Gordon, I thought he played better outside than being mm-hmm. challenged at nickel. Nickel is one of the hardest yeah. positions to play in all of football because you have two-way goes and you can't get up and press someone because the, the slot receiver or the wing whoever you're responsible for is off the line of scrimmage. So you're yeah. put on an island and you have to be able to turn those hips, run, or be able to get to the point where you're dropping in the zone in and, and be able to read quarterbacks. So Kyler Gordon struggled early on. Yeah. As the season progressed, he got a hell of a lot better. You saw that. And I, they put him outside at corner. I thought he was more comfortable there but it seemed like they want him to play that nickel. So Stevenson now gives you an option to play outside on the corner opposite Jalen Johnson. You have a competition there with young players like Blackwell and, and uh, Vildor coming back. A lot of people hate on Vildor, but Vildor is a a little scrappy bulldog who makes some plays in coverage that people don't really respond to a lot. So I, I like this pick as a chess piece to be able to use your players appropriately. So that that's another thing in this process. No, I love it too. And I thought that, you know, it was still going to be a priority for the team. And I do, again, I just, the way that people react when you hear something like nickel corner, they just act like they pretend it's the third best corner on the team. And I'm like, you just, you just don't understand for all the reasons that you laid out. Like it is so difficult to be out there. Like when you're a corner and you can get up on a wide receiver, like that makes it so much easier. Um, but I love I love Stevenson, and of course, I hope he's a player that we love, and I bet I hope he's better than Joey Porter Jr. So we can put that to bed forever. <laughs> now let's talk about the two guys that they drafted in the middle, Jervon Dexter Jr., Zach Pickens. I saw this thing on Twitter, and I think it was uh Nerdstradamus who was talking <laughs> about, I think they were talking about the broad jump. And something that uh, Mar- Coach Marinelli was talking about with the three technique in this defense is the athleticism, the explosion. It feels like both these players have that ability. And I don't know about you, Phil. Sometimes when you take a player who needs to be molded or whatever, needs a little bit of coaching, which Matt Eberflus has been able to do over the course of his career, when you're taking those guys from the SEC, you're like, okay, they're already great athletes. They were highly recruited. They're good players, good motors, everything like that. I really liked both of these picks. It might not be sexy to a lot of casuals, but I think that this was – I, I, I kind of like the approach of making sure the middle of the defense is going to be shored up. How do you feel about it? Listen, I just keep it 100 all the time. The Dexter pick, to me, I'm not a huge fan of Javon Dexter. Okay. Uh, senior. Because you call them junior, I just don't want anyone to hate oh, sorry. Adam Rank running the show. Let me tell you, Adam Rank is a amazing <sighs> champion when it comes to the Chicago Bears and his analysis. I ain't him <laughs> senior. It's junior. It's not junior. It's senior. I can hear it. Anyway, yeah. I don't even want to check the comments. <laughs> Javon Dexter, listen, watching his tape, I pray that. It's a part of the philosophy. We are going to be breaking him and um, Pickens down uh, this coming this upcoming week and showing people their tape. When I look at 
Dexter's tape even back then and coming back now again. I didn't like him early on, and it's hard for me to get behind this guy now. A very highly recruited, didn't play football until his junior year of high school, so he started late. Then as a senior in high school, he has 18 sacks. He's built for the position. I mean, he's enormous at 6'6", 310. He might be 315, but he's got these glitches in his game where he's late off the ball. He allows people to get on him. Now, I know a lot of people are on this. Well, Florida does this read and mirror type of responsibility. We were talking about it with Kramer and my father on our patron show last night but it it's so hard to watch him because he doesn't dominate the way he should at six mm-hmm. six he doesn't he allows everybody to get on him always even if it's third down and long there's no mirror and read in that ball. it's third and 17 it's rush the passer he's laid off the snap consistently he has the body type and you see the athletic numbers The athletic numbers are there. So can this guy turn it around? Can the different defensive fly? That's the thing. I just want to always be truthful in my analysis. I'm not going to throw a highlight tape out there. I break down the good and the bad, and there's a lot of bad. I went through Georgia, Tennessee. I'm looking for big. And Adam, most of his plays that are made is in his strength then moving and getting to a play. It's never, I'm going to just beat this guy, bull rush this guy, and dominate every time. Now, a lot of people think that it's a part of the system. I'm just not one of those guys. I think he's lazy. He doesn't hustle. Some of the things, he, he's being asked to do the you know two-gapping, so he has that ability. That's a positive. He definitely has the frame and the size, and he's got – these numbers, let me look at his numbers here. 488, a 181 split. I think he approved on the split, the 10 yard split. But like you said, a 31 inch vert. Yeah. I want to see a 35 inch vert. I want to see you at 6'6 six, six, go after people and show that kind of passion inside. So some of the things I didn't like about Jalen Carter, we're getting with Javon Dexter here. There's no questioning that he's got the size and he's got. The history. Does he transform now? How many players go into the league and transform? We could see this happen. I Hunter that went to the Vikings. He transformed his game and look where he is now. Uh, those types of things have to happen here. But right now, he's one of the question marks. The other guy, uh Pickens, a uh, more traditional three-tech where this could be uh let me go back. Dexter could be the Buckner of Eberflus's defense, taller, 6'6". Uh, I hope he could play the three-tech. I don't see it. I, he could be that length. He does have speed in Dexter. So those are positives. With Pickens, he's more traditional three-tech, gives you some penetration. He more so explodes through things uh some of his times four eight nine that one seven four split versus the one eight one he only had a 30 and a half which i say only that's pretty good for a 300 pounder um but you know he needs to get stronger uh i liked i like him 
I'm more excited about him playing mm-hmm. that three technique. Dexter is a lot of question marks. Pickens shows some penetration, hustle, um, and the tenacity that I want to see there. But both of these guys, day two swings at the bat. I like the potential of Dexter, but Pickens, if we were to say I like Pickens, I'm more comfortable thinking Pickens is going to be able to be a fit here. Hopefully Dexter wakes up and just starts getting off this ball. I mean, the Bears. Well, what are the what are the Bears coach. seeing in him? I mean, obviously he goes ahead of Stevenson. He goes ahead of Pickens. Are the Bears just looking at the athletic scores and being like, we need to go out and get this guy because they, you know, there was other needs. You know, there were some other. There weren't great necessarily. You know, a lot of edges went off the board already. But what were they seeing? What what are the what what drew him to the Bears? Listen, I don't. <laughs> you could tune into the show on. Saturday, we'll go through the tape. The tape doesn't lie. As we, it's hard to see what I think they think. Maybe they could tap into some of those athletic Raz score numbers and build off. I mean, um, Carr said it. A lot of these GMs and coaches think they can take a guy like Jeff Davian Clowney, like you said, that made this way, and that's a, a a pile of clay that they can mold into something special here. He's got that. I mean, 6'6, 310, physical. I mean, he's not right. weakling. He right. just does not explode and show the kind of passion you want to see. I mean, you look at, I'm trying to think of someone 6'6, Buckner. I mean, he doesn't deliver the blow at all, Dexter. And I want to see that. I mean, if I was coaching him, I know we would get to the point where you have to deliver that blow and get up the field, young man. You can't be sitting there waiting. You've, you've lost the God-given advantage that you've gotten at 6'6", and it's just over and over and over. And this kid was a five-star recruit coming out of uh, Florida. And like yeah. I said, he's a late bloomer playing late, 18 sacks as a senior. If you look at his statistical scores, how many sacks did he have last year? Two? Yeah. Two and a half, you know what I'm saying? This guy should be more dominant than he is. Maybe I'll just say, maybe it is the defense that pulls and Ian Cunningham and the scouts were like, listen, they're asking him to mirror and read. That's tough to do. Yeah. But he's able to do it because he's so big. So maybe they feel like when they get him in their philosophy and you're going to be asking that three tech, if they're going to put him there to penetrate and just get up the field and make the line of scrimmage in the backfield, that they're going to get a superstar out of this. And, and let me just say that could happen. This could happen. I'm just, I am never going to lie and try to manipulate or flip flop. Like some of these Twitter GMs that we see out there, right. That all of a sudden their opinion changed in 24 hours. Me, Dexter didn't really like that pick. I had other players. I would have liked to seen the center from Minnesota, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz. Of course. Yeah. Like a lot of people were looking that way. There was yeah. the edge rusher from USC. There were a lot of guys, a lot of ways they could have gone there. I was, you know, I'm willing to, you know, give the, the benefit of the doubt to Poles and company and Ian and Cunningham yeah, exactly. and be yeah. like, you know, these if these two guys work out, if one of them works out, then it makes the Jalen Carter thing seem a little bit more uh, not palatable because I don't think that we were of the mind that we were ever going to trade uh, 
take Jalen Carter, but still somebody who can come in and immediately help out. Both guys are going to start behind. Uh, they're going to start on the bench. They're going to come right. in you and hopefully. Walker. You've but got he does. Justin Jones. Yeah. That's there. Uh, a leader. I, I really like Walker from the, from the Titans that they got as a three technique. So yeah. Darnell, uh, Daryl, Wal- what's his name? First name. Is it Daryl? It totally right. uh, Walker from the Titans comes in here. He's going to give you that three technique and the veteran leadership. He's bounced around. He was out of Florida state. He bounced around and finally found a home with the Titans. You saw him explode there. So now you got him there. So it's not like you're drafting these guys and need him. We need you out there right now. You got Andrew Billings that could play the nose or the one shade and, and create those double teams and Walker could be the penetrator. The concern is on the edges where you might not have. Now, maybe they believe he can, uh, Dexter can play one of the edge spots. I mean, you had yeah. Muhammad last year who gave you zero. Well, what about, what about Noah Sewell? Uh, could he I come in him. and could he come in and play one of the edge spots? I think he can be more of a Roosevelt Colvin type where you're going to stand him up. And then he has such a motor that me personally, I would not have a problem on third downs putting him outside in a nine technique and forcing a tackle to be one-on-one with him. If he has the, the tape tells me this kid is a stand up, Sam or Will linebacker that's going to flow to the football. He could play the mic too, but obviously we have one of the best Mike linebackers in football right now. I yeah. think Bears fans don't even realize what they have in Tremaine Edmonds yet. But this guy, I was a huge fan of. He's got great instincts. He's got great tenacity. He's got a football lineage and bloodline. But yeah, Roosevelt Colvin, think of that where – Okay, on third down, we're going to put him on an outside nine and let him rush the passer from whatever side. Sewell has that kind of motor and tenacity and toughness where I just think it would be great, too, when you go up against Detroit, put his ass out there I'm against his brother. his brother and let them go to town. I mean, that's that's how you win there. Sorry, That's Sam, the dream. No, sorry, yeah. Sam. Oh, you're, yeah. You Even know, a little I, swear in there, Sammy. That's okay. It's fine. You know, we're passionate about the Chicago Bears, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I will. So I, I do like that one. Uh, yeah. I know. It's funny because, like, some of the picks, like, I like Stevenson more than Dexter. I like Sewell, you know, could have gotten him a lot earlier, I do believe. But, you know, it ended up with him. Very pleased with that. But two offensive guys. Rashawn Johnson, who was the backup to John Robinson. And it's so weird in this day and age that of the transfer portal, this guy could have gone anywhere. Like he exactly. really could have seen the, the writing on the wall and been like, listen, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to get drafted as high as I could if I'm playing behind Robinson, but he stuck it out and he still was very productive. I think that Johnson, this is going to end up being one of those picks. I think that because he plays so well in pass protection, He's going to find himself on the field sooner rather than later. I think that that was a real find. Love this pick. Love this pick. And it was Demarcus Walker. I just had to Ryan Cox. I was actually, for whatever reason, because I kept thinking of Dominique Robinson. (laughs) And I'm like, what is that? That's not right either. And I'm like trying to go through my. got a lot of D's on this team. 
Yeah, and it you know it's funny too because like Dom Robinson is another player who didn't play football a whole lot. Like when exactly. you start like talking about the guys that Ryan Poles is drafting, like yeah. hey, they didn't play a lot of football, but they're highly athletic. We saw one great game from Dom Robinson last year. We there's still a possibility. Like when we talk about, and I know we're we're skipping off the point here for a second, but I wanted to circle back because yeah, we Dom Robinson can actually improve like what we saw at the end of whatever, at whatever point last year, like he could actually get better. So when everybody's like, you passed on a defensive, you need an edge, you need to do this. You're like, well, we have guys in the program who could possibly develop. And I think that's what we're banking on with guys like Dominic Robinson is that, Oh, he's going to get better from year one to two, even Braxton Jones, as you mentioned earlier, we're hoping he gets better and stronger from years one to two. There's an opportunity, and I think that, you know, this might be something that we look back at four years from now, maybe five years from now, where you're like, oh, yeah, he took these athletic guys who the first couple of years was not as prolific as it became, but then these guys developed into, you know, very good players, and I'm hoping that's going to be a trend for us. I think it's a great point by you and one that fans need to, you know, kind of – sit down and tap into be, and 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 recognize that a player coming into the league and you hope culturally why you skipped over Jalen Carter, Dom Robinson has something to prove. So he's going to work on his craft. Same with Travis Gibson. I had high, high hopes for him coming yeah. into last season and he kind of wasn't able to take that step. Now, whether that had to do with Robert Quinn and all of the chaos of this last season, We'll find out. But Dom Robinson, as raw and athletic as he was coming out, he was so green, but he was able to go in there and show you flashes of ability to bend and get around the edge and throw people around. There's a lot of clay to work with there. So him getting into a football only, this is what your job is. Work on your craft. Get in a NFL weight program. The sky's the limit for where his floor was last year. So I'm with you 100%. That's one of the exciting things is how is Dominique Robinson going to translate into 2023's football season? He could be the next big thing in this league based on those showcases of when he was playing and getting great penetration and always hustling to the football, you get excited about that. That team stunk last year. Yeah. That defense stunk. He was a, a lone bright spot in it, playing with a bunch of guys that now might not even be in the league. So I, I agree with you 100%. Back to Rashawn Johnson, though. This guy excites me. There is a former quarterback recruited to play quarterback at Texas that transfers into the role of running back, like you said, great in pass pro, like puts his face into people's chests, just great understanding of the passing game where he's running routes now. I said this, if you have a guy named Barry Sanders in front of you or Walter Payton in front of you, the guy behind you <laughs> is going to sit. It's yeah. just that's what it is. Bijan Robinson was my number three ranked player in the entire draft. So Rashawn Johnson and his ability to do the things that he was doing,
doing, giving the opportunities that he was, is an amazing, athletic, instinctive runner who has quarterback ability. So there's things that you could do with this football player that you probably can't do with many other guys in this league. So I'm excited about this guy. I think uh, Shane had mentioned he looks like his former Texas teammate now, Deontay Foreman, right? I think he's more athletic. I think he's more athletic and instinctive than Deontay Foreman. I I believe he's – I think you got to put a check mark in the box of leader and what kind of person you're bringing into the locker room there because you didn't go into the transfer portal. You stayed there. And despite it all, you get drafted by the Chicago Bears, who, oh, by the way, Adam, have kind of a history at finding middle-round running backs and being successful at it. They're pretty well. I'm excited about this this guy and this pick. I think he's going to be the starter. I think he's Woo-hoo! going to be the starter. All right. The season. I I listened to um the I don't know if it was the scout that said it. I'm just going to be able to paraphrase this cuz I'm not yeah, a photographic memory guy. But to say that you got a guy that is the cleanest leader and cultural that he was the leader of Texas, not Bijan Robinson or anybody else. It was Rashawn Johnson, a backup running back that right. set the tone for this football team and this coach Sarkeesian calling him the greatest person he's ever met. I mean, that kind of stuff on top of the tape that we're going to show you. If you get that kind of football player, that transcends onto the practice field, onto the game days. I think the Bears got a guy with low mileage on his legs that is about to explode in the NFL. And I really believe he's going to end up being the st- – he's going to push Khalil Herbert to the side. Yeah, He's going to push Deonta Foreman for a starting position, and people are going to be really excited about – this guy can catch. This guy can block Khalil Herbert – Struggles in pass pro. This guy does not. Former quarterback, got to be excited in the fourth round to snag this guy. What a what a great pickup for the Bears. And you know what? That that happens so much where you find out these running backs who seemingly come out of nowhere. You're like, oh, where did this player? Where did Austin Eckler come from? You know, like a lot of times, and you see it with guys who play behind superstars. And I don't. I think it's. It's a better version of what Samaje Pirine does in the NFL. Like that guy playing behind Joe Mixon at right. Oklahoma. And you're like, well, they both kind of went hand in hand. Pirine did have good numbers at Oklahoma, but still, but like that kind of situation where you have these guys that, hey, just because you're the backup in college does not mean that it's going to do. And that's not to discredit what B. John Robinson's going to be able to do with the Atlanta Falcons, but hey, two guys from the same team could be good. You were talking about Barry. Barry Sanders actually sat the bench for Thurman yes. Thomas. Thurman Thomas was in front of Barry Sanders. Yeah. And and they were in obvious, you know, a time where culturally there's no transfer portal. Yeah. Right. Let's not forget this. But at the same time, there was that Iowa kind of uh energy at Oklahoma State under Jimmy Johnson, where you're gonna play the senior, yeah, and the younger guy's gonna play after him. You kind of pass yeah. the baton. 
you know, that is what you could see here. You know, Thurman Thomas going to the, the Falcons and all of a sudden the Chicago Bears get this kind of Barry Sanders type football player here. I, I think people are going to be excited. And why? One last point about it. I just love – I loved B. John Robinson, man. He was the – Yeah, 100%. He was a faster, strong you – know, faster David Montgomery. He had that footwork – the drive, the willingness inside chaos to get out of it and drive his pads, but he had an extra gear and a half than David did. And everybody knows how much of a fan I believe David Montgomery is going to do great things in Detroit. It stinks, but it's the truth. Yeah, he is. Rashawn Johnson, though, this guy has that same kind of drive, and that's the difference between Herbert and what I saw in Herbert's tape coming out of Kansas and Virginia Tech, then now we got Rashawn Johnson's tape, and I see that kind of drive-through contact and willing blocker, great receiver, great receiver. Like Bijan is great too. Yeah. Oh, they're both excellent. in Texas. It's like yeah. Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders. All they're the great backs. I don't know if Sarkeesian <laughs> recruited them, but a great job by him. Guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And speaking of players who can catch the ball, Tyler Scott is uh, – I'm excited about this. I think this – I – you know what? I saw him, and you look at some of those mid-round wide receivers that everybody was talking about, Tank Dell, and some of these other dudes, uh, the guy from SMU. Tyler Scott really started to grow on me over the last couple of weeks. I could not believe that we ended up with him. I think that this is a player that really is putting is going to put some of the Bears receivers on notice. And as much as I wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba, I made no bones about it. I felt like we needed to get another wide receiver. I think that we did it with Scott. I think we really did. I think you're getting a slot receiver that can play outside, who tracks the ball. So well, I mean, you look at some of this. That's why I always said you, you don't, you're not taking a receiver. I know me and you were going at it a little bit. That's fine. And, Jig, and Jigba to me was not in the top 30 players in this draft. You don't take that receiver coming off an injury. I liked what he put on tape, but he wasn't what people were trying to say he was. Now, will he be a good pro? I'm sure he'll be a good pro, but for me, I'm looking at some of the middle round guys, and here's one of the guys. You know, I love Charlie Jones out of Purdue, Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State. These guys were kind of overlooked in the shadows. Um, the kid from Michigan State, all of these guys. And then what does Tyler Scott have? Deep threat ability, 39 and a half inch vert on a slot receiver. That, to me, is going to just show you the kind of explosion in and out of his breaks that you're going to get to see. 11-foot-one broad jump, a 1-5-1 split. So when you look at his tape and he's averaging 40 yards a touchdown, it shows that in the slot where he's not going to be pressed, and we talked about it with the nickel. I know he ran a 4-3-6 or 4-3-4 at his pro day. This guy is a speedster that you needed. You needed to add to Darnell Mooney, but you know what he does the best? That St. Brown and all these other receivers that we've seen with the Bears, he tracks the football in the air 
tremendously. Darnell Mooney and him and DJ Moore are guys that can get to the football. So if the ball, if Justin is throwing a, a fade or if he's throwing a flag route, you can see Darnell Mooney adjust his body to make this ball easier to catch. When those, those are receivers that are quarterback's best friend, Tyler Scott, where you get him with that speed and that athleticism and the ability at the stem of the route to do what he does at that speed, you are right to be wearing his jersey tonight because I believe this is going to be a great pick for the Bears offense, and he'll definitely be a part of it. Definitely be a part of it. This is a deep ball guy, Adam. I mean, me and you talked about it. What do the Bears lack? Speed, speed, speed. Speed. Guys getting down the field. And you know what? This is one of the things, too. And, you know, obviously, Bayless Jones Jr. is a personal favorite of mine. But you know what? You got to be pushed. And you got to be pushed to be a better player. And I love having competition out there. And I, I think that there's room for all these guys to step forward. It's just nice when you look at the guys at wide receiver who started the season last year. The pipe fitters, the ice cream truck drivers. (laughs) <laughs> that we're out there playing for the, the guys that we are trying to run out there for Justin Fields. And I listen, Justin makes some mistakes and whatever, but still the wide receiver room is so, so vast with talent right, right now. Like it is so exciting to think about all these guys. And it's a good problem to have of having too many guys like, all right, well, let's figure it out. Exactly. Let's figure out who the best guy is going to be. Who is going to step forward. And I trust in guys to, Use this as an opportunity to better themselves. We know that they're out there working, doing what they got to do. So I, I can't wait for Tyler Scott to get out there and uh, kind of show what he's doing. You know, I guess I know we haven't taken any questions. I have one thing and then take Sammy and Anello, throw some questions. But I want to say this. I think one thing I've always done in my analysis is try to temper Bears fans from from a culture of Ted Phillips down where politics, the guy we drafted, this guy we drafted, that's who we're going to play. Yeah. I think with Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles, the competition should breed the success of your football team on any level. In Chicago, it has not been that way, much like the Chicago politics. So the Bears have played it. Tyler Scott, the more receivers – the more competition, the better it is for Justin Fields and the Bears. So Valus Jones better wake himself up. And Dante Pettis, you want to feed your fan. I mean, this is what it's about. Yeah. So Bears fans should be so ecstatic that you're getting a speedster that's going to come into this competition with this great – you could just see, even in all of these players, minus Dexter, because I don't know, Dexter. Yeah. That's fine. All of these players seem to have this same great team persona of wanting what's best for themselves, for the team. And that's how it should be. At the end of the day, you're looking in the mirror at yourself to be the best you could be to help your team. And yeah. I think culturally, they're doing they did a great job sticking to in their first draft. Darnell Wright is about the Bears right now. You know what I'm saying? He is going to be outstanding. I could just trust me when I tell you that. There's no doubt in my mind. Scott is going to be another one of those guys. Rashawn and 
and Darnell Wright and Rashawn Johnson and Tyler Scott and the Stevenson kid right there. There's four guys that you got that are going to go in there and compete to start. And, yeah. and that you should be happy about. Never mind Sewell, who's going to go in there and say, I'm better than TJ Edwards is right now. I'm better. Yeah. That's what that's what you want. That's his attitude. Yeah. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. And, and I pushes and it about pushes. Terrell Smith yet, but we'll get to let's that. talk about talk about him. Terrell Smith to me is a guy that I felt like should have been in the third round. For him to fall, I don't know. Again, personalities, medicals, I don't know. But Terrell Smith, to me, can play safety or corner, improved every year, has this personality that you're going to love, confidence and toughness. <laughs> like, yeah. better for the Chicago Bears now. You've just made your defensive back competition even better. Jalen Johnson working on a contract might be because he's got these guys nipping at his heels here. Because I believe Terrell Smith is going to go into camp and say, I'm better than all of you here. And, and that's what I want. And if that means Kyler Gordon is the dime guy, then right. so be it. Play the best football player. And I think you got to steal. He's my steal. I can't wait to, to, to show some of his tape. Uh, Terrell Smith out of Minnesota, the corner there. I think he could play safety in a pinch too. So I think they're looking at him. At both, because you saw they really didn't hit. You got Brisker mm -hmm. and Eddie Jackson. Eddie yeah. improved last year, but Terrell Smith offers positional mm -hmm. versatility, great speed, and toughness there. He's also a willing tackler. So Stevenson and Smith later in the rounds. Let me just 4-4 four, four on Smith. I mean, Terrell, yeah. uh, a 34-inch vert, but that 1.5, 10-yard split, on that corner, Ooh. 10 foot broad, he's explosive and he, he understands how to play the ball in the air. This is going to be a great, I mean, you hit a, you hit a triple here in the late rounds, in my opinion. The fifth round where Ryan Poles has been making a lot of moves over the last two seasons, obviously Braxton Jones coming in and starting at left tackle for the entirety of last year. And hopefully some of these guys can start coming through as well let's take a let's do look at some of the questions i know we're yes. 55 minutes in uh ron um adam and phil how would you grade the bears draft uh, i'm a little bit more positive maybe i'm too generous of a grader uh but phil where are you looking at well everyone always asks me for grades and stuff like i'm just not a grader i'll tell you how i feel i feel like a b plus that's how yeah. I feel. I feel like you – so if I say you got potential four starters out of this and then you got a guy that – several guys that are going to compete, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. If you just came out of this draft with Darnell Wright and Rashawn Johnson, I'm ecstatic, right? Yeah. Darnell Wright is an A+. Plus. An A+. Plus. He's the second, in my opinion, the second best tackle in this entire draft. And he as a he could play both right or left. If you can get me excited about a tackle, listen, I was excited about Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. And same. when Tevin moved to 
to tackle. Obviously, he had the setback with the back injury, and he's weird and all this stuff. But when you watch him on tape, he was the best offensive lineman you had. He's the most dominant guy in the NFL in run game. He, he had more pancakes and highlight reel blocks in the NFL as Baldinger. If you could tap into that, I would have preferred him at left tackle. And now you got, imagine Jenkins on one side and Darnell, right? You got two bullies in Chicago. Yeah. On the tack. But yeah, that is what they do with him. Yeah, because Darnell Wright, you know, like already talking about like if anybody, if anybody touches Justin yeah, Lee, exactly. we're going to the parking lot. That's Singing what you the... want to hear. Exactly. Who is who is it? Effetti? Who's like, yes. don't do that. Like, remember when he was admonishing <laughs> Tevin Jenkins? Tevin's the only one standing up for the quarterback, ready to fight. Tevin Jenkins should have been fighting Effetti. But like, where are you? What are you doing <laughs> exactly. to stop this? Exactly. Like, especially, especially in a season that you know, back then was or the last two years have been lost seasons. Like yeah. you should have been, you should have been using those op, those games as opportunities to be like nobody's, nobody's taking any liberties. Uh, we are we're losing anyways, so I don't give a shit if I get this fifteen yard penalty. Sorry, Sammy, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. We're just gonna go out and do it. So I don't you got know. Three I, bullies now. You got Tevin, Nate Davis. And yeah. you got Darnell Wright as a rookie. You've totally changed the culture of that front. Hopefully, Chris Morgan. I'm not the biggest Chris Morgan fan. I haven't seen the fundamentals and the techniques taught. Yeah. I saw too much Sam Mustafer and all of that stuff. We're gonna see Cody Whitehair. We're gonna see we're gonna Lucas see Patrick. Yes. Yeah, it's maybe it's Doug Kramer win or my boy Dieter Eisland, who's been on this roster for three and a half years, uh, for out of Yale a rugby yeah. player from South Africa playing football late, learning the game of football. He's in the NFL. People just, ah, 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 what? I mean, are we kidding? This guy's in the NFL on the Bears right there because he's so strong and athletic. Yeah. He could go in there and say, open this competition up and let's play the best five. I yeah. can't wait to that offensive line. Oh, I can't wait to see how dominant they can they can become. All right. How about another question, though? <laughs> and uh, are you okay that we didn't draft an edge or center? You know what? Sometimes the board breaks the way that it does. Now, listening to Phil here, he would have preferred not taking Dexter. We could have gone a different direction. I know there were some other guys on the board. I really do believe, though, you know, they are locked into their guys and they believe in these players and they think that they can turn them around and that's fine. I'm okay with it because there's a plan. And I think that Ryan Poles has a plan and Ian Cunningham has a plan. And listen, I just spent the, I spent last night watching draft day and you know, these conversations, I know it's not the best example, but there, everybody has an opinion and everybody's got a, a point exactly. of view and, and guys are stumping for other people. Like it'd be like Phil and I, like we will be out here. We don't necessarily always agree on players. Like, well, we had the conversation before the draft about like, I would have been in that room being like, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think that he's a difference maker. And that's kind of what we need. I would have been overruled and I would have been fine with it. Like, it's okay. Like I understand that somebody could disagree with me. And if I'm, and depending on our pay structure, uh, whoever is making that call, it ultimately defaults to them. <laughs> I am going to, I'm going to trust in the entire vision. And it looks like this is something that Ryan Poles is building for years, not for this season. I mean, obviously you want to win this season. You want to compete for the NFC North, 
But you want to build this for a generation to come. And if the center and the edge did not present themselves, now if Will Anderson had fallen to nine, we would have taken Will Anderson. You know, there's a lot of instances. There's a lot of instances where, like, hey, sometimes the guy's not there. So what can you do? Uh, you go to Costco. Sometimes they're sold out of an item that you want. You're like, okay, I really, I really wanted those pot stickers. They're gone now. So I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go for the egg rolls. Like I'm sorry, like that's just the way it goes. You got to It's okay. Correct. You got to. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not upset. I'm not upset because I think I felt like they needed to get an edge guy, a veteran. They did get the kid uh, Green from formerly of USC. He went to the Houston Texans. And that kid is underrated. So they did sign him yeah, prior to the true, draft. Right. Um, but I was hoping even Clowney, even if you, you get a veteran in here, I know I just believe you got to have the What about Yannick and Gakwe? Wouldn't you rather I, have Ngakwe I was, over Clowney? Yes. I, Ngakwe is not going to – he's going to be a great pass rusher. He's not yeah. going to give you the effort – is he going to buy into the hits philosophy at this point? I'm like, I was hoping the second day that Friday, they would sign in that day. That's who I was pining for. But Same. again, there's going to be people that are cut. There's going to be players that are our thing and you can't fill every need. It, I was of the belief that I would have taken two picks and moved up. And I was targeting just after we took Darnell Wright, I was targeting Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. I was hoping that that was going to be the moves of the the Bears. They, in turn, kept those two picks, which turned out to be Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. Yeah, I'm a big believer in Foskey. I thought that would have been Darnell Wright and Foskey and then keep one of those, I forget, later second-round picks and take – whoever you were going to take there. That's how I would have rolled with this draft, but this but is Pulse, where we are. Yeah. But Pulse also was trying to get like more pick. Like exactly. he didn't want to forfeit a lot of picks, which again, just shows you, this is something that's building for future generations, not just necessarily this season. How about another question though? I know we've gone over an hour already. Let's let's do more. <laughs> Ronetta. Uh, hi, Adam. Ronetta, bro. This row about draft. Uh, what do y'all think? About Leonard Floyd coming back as a pass rusher, no. short deal. No, you're not. You're not in on Leonard Floyd. I never. I have nightmares. You never liked Leonard. him. Never liked Leonard Floyd. In fact, I will tell you the quick story. I'm strutting my stuff, thinking when the Bears traded up that we are getting the left tackle for the Chicago Bears for a century. My number one player in the draft. You remember, five minutes before the draft started, we saw uh, Scuba Gear Snoop Dogg smoking. Larry Johnson, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this guy's going to drop to the Bears. We're going to get it. And then Ryan Pace is trading up. I'm in my man cave doing a dance, the Crip Walk, thinking we're getting Larry Johnson. And we get oh, yeah. Leonard Floyd. And that wow. just destroyed me because I never believed in Leonard Floyd. Is that, was, it, was that a Ted Phillips thing? It like, probably was. Right? It totally was. Like you couldn't understand. That's where the famous drop of me on our show goes. I don't care if he smokes weed. They all smoke weed. Yeah. That's Who cares? Exactly. I, 
I remember, um, I don't know if I can tell. I, I don't think this is too telling, but like Daniel Jeremiah. Okay. I'm, the cat's out of the bag now. Daniel Jeremiah was talking to the offensive line coach of the Miami Dolphins, mm -hmm. um, who obviously ended up drafting him. And he had sent a photo of, uh, uh, it was a, it was a photo of like flip flops kicked up on a chair. Like this is, this is how I relaxed I am with this pick. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care what that video is. He's like, I, and it was just like, I can't believe that this player fell to us for the dumbest reason ever. Oh my and it God. is. And you know what? I know, I know draft day is ridiculous and it really like, there's some, like, there's no way you're trading the sixth overall pick for two second round. Like, that was so or three second round, like it's ludicrous. Exactly. But like, but there is something to be said about like these teams. Like once one team is like ah, like they passed on a sure thing. Like we're not doing it. like you know almost. And I guess you could like it. Just this was what happens with these teams, and it was just nonsense of of all things to be to be bummed out about. Like he was he was taking a bong rip. Like okay. Oh my God, we're going to have this guy taking Tordal before games. Like, it's what do like, you exactly? We can have Brett Favre taking like 17 Tordal shots or whatever the heck he did. Yeah. But we Throwing can't. Throwing up Vicodin and retaking him. Here's Ted Phillips at the University of Notre Dame watching his boys oh smoke, a, smoke a bowl, but we can't draft it. I always yes. laughed at the hypocrisy of it. It's like, of course, it came out five minutes before. Use that to uh, your advantage. Warren Sapp dropped because of the same thing. Marijuana, yeah. All of fame. All of fame. I'm not a, a Warren Sapp guy, but I'm not a fan of Leonard Floyd, bro. He wins only in speed on stunts. He rarely wins. If he'll tackle late off his, his game, he'll win there. But he can't win in contact. He doesn't counter well. And you could why is he still out there? Yeah, because because people understand what I, what I've been saying about him since he was a bear. He's he's weak at the point of attack. There was a reason why Georgia moved him to Mike linebacker. Then yeah. they put him over here. He's just he's a liability and a quarterback that's worth any grain of salt. Sees Leonard Floyd on the right. They check to the right and they run right at him because he ain't going to make the play. He's not gonna, yeah, he's not going to – he's not anybody in the he run. He want to go back to – he wasn't a good teammate anyway. Yeah. I know that he had a couple of moments playing across from or playing with Aaron Donald. We should not read too much into that, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even, uh, how about – do we have another question, Sammy? I want to make sure that we get to uh, as many as we can do. Assuming, assuming Fields takes the next step and we have a high pick next year, are we taking Harrison Jr.? Or the top pass rusher. Now Phil's on record of, of hating Justin Fields. <laughs> on his show for the last couple of months, he's been talking no. a lot of I don't there's know. Gotta, like I there's gotta be perspective here. I said if Justin Fields and Bryce Young are in this draft, I would have taken Bryce Young. I mean, I watched the tape on these two. Now mm. the Bears have had him for two years. You can't move off of that for Bryce Young, in my opinion. However, yeah. if Caleb Williams was in this draft, that's a that's a I would move off of Justin Fields because of what I see in Caleb Williams. If people get their feelings hurt or 
They say whatever. Caleb Williams is a different story. Bryce is, Young, I'm not ready. To, I, I'm not ready to make that proclamation. We could. I'm not going to move Justin Fields for Bryce Young. Neither did Ryan Poles. They traded right. down. I've said that the whole time. However, if they were both college available kids coming, out, coming out, that's what I was saying. And people, I got it. I, I know. I know. I listen. However, I know what you're saying. It's it's not, but it's not as fun. It's not as clickbaity. But look, listen, if Clickbait-y. the Bears fail with Justin Fields now, you have two first-round picks yeah. at your ability. And as I told Anello before the show, I'm like, listen, he's like, well, how are you going to – you gave me the perspective if Justin Fields fails. Guess what? If he fails, the Bears are failing Yeah, because he's that – I believe he's going to take he's that, that big. Step. Yeah, he's yeah, that big. He's, big he's that important that exactly. if he's not playing well, we're not playing well. So now you have this situation where pass rusher and receiver could come into play next year if Fields plays well. This is a business first. I mean, I'm sorry. The Bears have been without a franchise quarterback, and I – I believe Justin's going to take that step and we're not going to have to worry about this, but I would be lying to everybody. And I just don't do that in regards to the bears. They have set themselves up with a parachute. If Justin fails, now you're talking about Caleb Williams, depending on where your record and where you are, because you got two picks, you got Carolina's pick that could be, Lower than your pick when you got your own pick. Yeah. So there you go. But if just in explaining the Bryce Young and the Caleb Williams and all of that, to answer his question, I would say I'm trying to get both. But yeah. Marvin oh, yeah, Harrison we, Jr. That's true. We have two picks. You so got two picks. Them. Marvin Harrison Jr. is everything Adam thought. And Jigba is Jackson. Uh, listen, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a a really good player. <laughs> he is a good. He's just not Marvin uh, Harrison Jr. Now that's a I guy. never have had to question whether or not this kid loves this kid lays out for the football. I mean, he's diving like Tom Waddle against the Cowboys in the playoffs on a third and 13 he's just laying out it could be second and four he's diving for a football to get a first down this is the kind of football player that changes your culture i was a huge amani cooper fan when he was coming out this guy's better than him i had such a high grade on cooper um but that kid's a star and a stud and then you're going to focus on pass rusher too if you can get if you can get harrison jr and a pass rusher should be your focus next year if we all believe, and I believe Justin Fields is going to take that big step. The yeah. elephant in the room is the can, will he take that step? Yes. And that's where, you know, I see people in the chat calling him Bustin Fields. And Those aren't our fans. The, exactly. Uh, but there is a history of quarterbacks in the NFL that aren't successful. And I believe Justin's a lot of them, a lot of them being in Chicago Um, and a lot in Detroit as well. But yeah. Oh, you (laughs) Detroit, you're talking about extending Jared Goff. Exactly. Talk about a franchise that just (laughs) 
is so out over their skis right now. And exactly. I've I've been trying to They're be like as, crowning them, and they've done I've been, nothing. I've tried to be as effusive with praise with them because I really do believe that when you when you look at what they did outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, nobody had a better ending to their season than the Detroit Lions eliminating the Packers, sending Aaron Rodgers to New York. You were the toast of the town. People love you, and now you're getting out there. You're you're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take Jamar or Jameer Gibbs. We're gonna start doing some crazy ass stuff. You're like, oh, okay, God bless you, dude. I'm glad you're doing it. Like you guys could have, you guys could have. Did they miss out on Tyree Williams? Like you could have done a lot of damage with your picks, taking like some of these top prospects. And Jameer Gibbs might be really good, but it's like, you know what? You have David Montgomery there. You have David. Stole him from us. And which is great. And they don't like DeAndre Swift and they needed to get rid of him. But it's like, you are just replacing like what you've done is you, and you also took the heart and soul of your team, Jamal Williams and let him go, let him go to new Orleans. And you know what? Maybe there's something to be said about the business of football and you've got to make these cold decisions and you let a fan favorite go. But at the same time, at the same time, uh, it was the heart and soul of your team. It was so. the definition of who you got, how you got there. He broke yeah. your record of touchdowns. He he inspired your whole team to be and believe in your culture, and you let him walk. It says a lot about that. And I don't believe in Jared Goff ever. Oh my god, ever, ever. If you're sitting there saying Jared Goff's a better prospect than Justin Fields, then you really aren't watching the tape. Because uh, Jared Goff is a crippler. He will get scared in regards to contact oh and start throwing balls around you. I can't everybody they, they act like they act like him, like him and Kirk Cousins ha, are they're at their ceiling. They're yeah, not exactly. getting better. And that's what it. you saw from them, and people are like, well, they're not bad quarterbacks. And I'm like, that's the point. Exactly. They're not bad quarterbacks. <laughs> Well, Jared Goff has gotten a team to the Super Bowl before. I'm like, he has. But how many losing Super Bowl? How many quarterbacks who lose their first Super Bowl appearance go back another time? None of them. Nobody does that. They lose that Super Bowl appearance, and then you disappear. You go back into the woodworks. The only guy I think who could break that streak is Joe Burrow. But even then this year, we saw what happened to the Cincinnati Bengals. They didn't make it back to the Super Bowl. I think there's, there's, you guys act like these quarterbacks are getting better. You've seen them at their peak. You're in there. You're at, you're at the apex. You got a game manager who is soft as puppy. You know what? You got two guys. Yeah. Like you takes a shot. That's it. That's it. I'm telling you, I, I'm not a believer in golf. I'm with you 100%. And that's that's, that is crazy. People get on Bryce Young's body size like his yeah jared goff is tall but he's as weak as oh my as god anything he's got he's got arms the size of me exactly and i've got no, thin you arms got bigger arms no 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 i've got tiny period. arms i've worked i've worked years to have tiny arms i don't I'm want them to get the, i don't i don't want to get i don't want to get them in the way of my golf swing <laughs> but uh but i think you know we should probably wrap this up sammy do we have any other things that we have to take care of uh, question for Phil: Who's the smartest person you ever worked with on draft coverage in the Bears? That's, that's oh, son of a <laughs> bee. I didn't read who it was. You didn't even read. Damn it! it. You got fooled. I, I, I'm like, who is it? 
gotta be Adam Rank. Gotta no. Be. How how bad? Like I got to imagine the conversation you had with Chris Zorich over the last couple of days was <laughs> was one of like never put me on the air with that guy again. Dude, but I was so excited. He loved you. I was so excited, and it's it's a it's a true story because uh, my yeah. dad he was he was a funny funny guy. Like, and you talk about like not liking because it's funny when you're talking about Rick Meyer talking about not liking Notre Dame. Dad <laughs> hated like Rick Meyer. Like, oh my god. So upset, so upset. But my dad also liked UCLA, so he thought Cade McNown was going to be good. So there's good and there's bad. And then, um, but he loved Chris Zorich. He was Cade just such McGough. a golf. Oh my! God. If Cade McNown had hung around long enough, he could have had Cade, he could have had Jared Goff's career. Exactly. Um, it is it is funny though. Yeah, Chris. Oh Zorich, so much fun. Zorich calls it's, me the next day. Never put like, me on the air with that guy. Whoever that person was, I was expecting him was. to say something about rank. He's like, "Come on, man! I had so many laughs with, with him." He's like, "I know that's your boy. He was awesome. He was, he's like, he loved it. He loves you, and I think it's the next time you come on the show, oh. it's going to be me, you, and uh, Shane and Chris Zorich. Zorich." Oh, we're, we're, I want to tell. I want to have. I want to have story time with Zorich, but uh, I should just have him come on this show with you. Well, that would that would be nice uh, if would he was willing like to that? do it. Love it. Yeah. Okay, I'll make it yeah. happen for you. All right. Well, we would appreciate that. We appreciate you taking the time uh, being here as we go. Oh, as we went overtime, as overtime. I expect, I expected that we were. So it's not a shocker to me, but uh, it was really yeah. good to get your perspective. And again, I listen, I appreciate the honesty because I'm like, looks good. Looks, I'm like, I'm like, all right. Like, I just, okay. Like, I'm that person. We need a little bit more devil's advocate sometimes. And it's not, it's not being a hater. It's not being negative or anything like that. I, I know guys who follow teams that I follow who are just straight up negative and like nothing's going to thrill them. But the, uh, but the evaluations that you're putting out there are honest because a couple of these guys, including, uh, Jervon and Dexter and these guys, like there, there is work to be done. Right. Like, I, we don't have to go too far back in our history and thinking about players like Adam Shaheen, which seems Eagle like a seems, seems like a great idea at the time. Like, right. look at the skills, Adam Shaheen, six eight. Like what? Like he still gets jobs in the NFL because of his physical ability, but it just never translates. Exactly. So there is some work to be done, and it's fine to go out there and take a little bit of a more of a prove it, prove me wrong, sort of uh, sort of evaluation. But your evaluation is your evaluation, and we appreciate your honesty and everything with that. I am very uh, hopeful that uh, things are going to work out well for us. But uh, you know what? They're going to go out there and show it on the field. That's that's the best part of this whole thing. It doesn't ultimately. It doesn't matter what we say. And Daniel Jeremiah and all of our friends who spent the last the last weekend being like, this guy's amazing. Look yeah. at all this great. Like that's, that's what the draft is. But now it's time where the rubber meets the road. We're going to find out what these players are all about. And it was great breaking it down with you and seeing you. And so uh, you've inspired me as well. I'm going to go call the producer of uh, good morning football tomorrow and be like, when are you getting me out to New York? Number one, because I am going to take the train out to Connecticut. Yes. But, uh, I mean, the show's fine. New Haven think, pizza, right? Yeah, New the Haven pizza. I got to try it. We got to bring you out here. Real quick, one other thing. The last pick, Travis Bell. 
Yes. We're actually going to have him on our show tomorrow night. Adam. Oh, my gosh. So we got uh, Courtney Cronin of ESPN Chicago and Travis great. Bell. Travis Bell, though, is such a story. And I'm going to find out a hell of a lot more about him. I haven't gotten his tape. One of my guys is getting me his Kennesaw Valley tape. Yeah, that's why I kind of I skipped over him because I'm like, dude, we don't. Yeah. We, exactly. I never will lie to anybody in analysis. I've not watched his tape. All I can say, and I think it would be a missed opportunity, not only to promote that he's going to be on the show and all that stuff, but the fact that Ryan Poles talked about not wanting him to leave their facility. He loved this kid so much. And that's kind of the pattern of this draft of what you're getting. And listen, I love you like a brother. There's no BS there. You're amazing. Thank you for having me on the show. No, we appreciate it. Anello, the best. Take it to the rank, baby. Take it to the rank. So thank you so much. I'm sure that, you know, you will be on this show again. I will be on the Tape Never Lies Network at some point. And I look forward to that as much as I look forward to sharing some New Haven style pizza Let's with you. Go. It's but, not uh, style. It's just New Haven pizza because you're oh going to actually come. Are you going to get me on the semantics? <laughs> I Jeez, have. To. I never met Carmen either. I've never met her. So I got to come on again and meet her with you. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. But unfortunately, Fishbane got. No, it wasn't Fishbane. <laughs> don't don't get him. Don't, don't get him mad at <laughs> me again. I. I'm just teasing. He, honestly, God, he does a good job with the athletic. He is his his friend. I don't even know if he knows the guy who covers the Angels for the athletic. He's terrible, but Fishbane's good. But in any event, you know, we'll just wrap it up here. Kevin, I do too. Like he's fine. Like he he does a night. He does a good job. He is a good beat reporter, and I'm glad that he's covering the Bears. Um, But that's going to do it for us here this evening. I want to thank everybody who joined us who stayed for the entirety of this program. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, oh, I'm glad you're on while we're doing this. Uh, yes. We just hit 10,000 subscriptions on YouTube. Yes. It happened last night. Um, I went out there. We were getting so close, and then I stayed up late last night. I actually hit up Sam and Anello. I sent him a, I sent him a text at 3 a.m. their time. Like, we just hit 10,000. There you uh, go. So they, I wanted them to wake up to that news. So we appreciate everybody who has taken the time to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, who like and rate the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's on Apple Pods or Google Play or whatever it is. We appreciate all of that. We've reached a cool milestone. We did it before the, you know, we just over a year under our belt. And to get to 10,000 already, uh, we cannot thank you all enough. And we're looking forward to what we have to come this season. And as the Bears get better, I know the show is going to continue to grow. So thank you, everybody for being a part of that. And Phil, I know that you and the Tape Never Lies Network were a huge, uh, were instrumental in helping us reach that achievement. So we thank you for that. You're our, we always promote you guys, your family over here. We always want to do more with you, Adam and Sammy and Anello. Sammy! <laughs> <love you> <laughs> All right. So All right. For, for, Phil, for Phil, Sammy, Anello, And for me, bear down. And Sammy, why don't you just go ahead and play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.